coffee and cream on Hale Varsity Radio with Andrew Rogers and Damon Benning. Mahomes in the pocket, floats a pass near side, Kelsey over the shoulder, he's got the catch, he's got the touchdown! Kansas City, a beautifully thrown ball as Mahomes to Kelsey, 18 yards officially and the 14th time that Patrick Mahomes has found Travis Kelsey for a postseason touchdown second in National Football League history. Hey, welcome back to the show. It's 9 o'clock and you're like, what? Huh? Yeah. Well, it's because we have an extra hour and it will stay like that for the rest of time. It is Coffee and Cream in the Morning on Hale Varsity unless, Radio. Unless we by get Currency. another one, which uh, folks are kind of bounce around. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. Hey, uh, we're going to continue Super Bowl talk here, but what what were you drinking last night at the Super Bowl? Were you drinking water. Uh, your favorite beer? Were you drinking water? Or were you drinking, of course, how about an Acres Ale? Because those are some of the best that you can find. Brewed with Nebraska corn, crisp and clean with that light, refreshing flavor. It's local. We love local. We love Acres because it's the perfect beer to pair with a football game. And that's what I was drinking last night. A-K-R-S. And I actually drove by in Acres on my way to Grand Island over yeah, the weekend. I've seen it. <laughs> Wow, I head west all the time too. I know. Yeah, right where you know you, exactly I know right what I'm talking, talking about because it pops up out of yep. nowhere. You're like, oh, that's Acres. They uh, they have the naming rights at the championship center across the street from the uh, university too. Yeah, yeah, they do. Yeah. So uh, if you haven't tried Acres Ale just yet, make sure to find some because it's fantastic, and you can really get it anywhere. It really is fantastic beer though, and it's and it's a great light beer for all of those people out there that may not like something overly. Heavy. Now, we have been talking about some heavy topics today regarding the Super Bowl, and, you know, it, it's the perfect time to welcome in our next guest. It's Cynthia Freeland. We had her on, um, gosh, what was this, about a week and a half ago, analytics ago. expert for NFL Network, and she was so great, we had to bring her back again. <laughs> Cynthia, good morning. What's up? <laughs> the listeners are like, oh, my gosh. Good morning. It's good to be well-liked, Cynthia. Good morning. <laughs> we wouldn't know you guys exactly <laughs> we would not know hey how were all of the super bowl festivities for you i know you were out in phoenix you know it was great um phoenix is a wonderful host city i'm actually still here my voice sounds terrible because it was a very loud event but you know it's a little dry here too i'm gonna i'm gonna blame it on that cynthia let me because we haven't gotten to this yet but what is the pushback on the playing conditions i know the players are furious but did you hear much real time being so close to it as you were you know it it was difficult because the only thing i really heard the man like he's known as like the sod father he like really was in charge of the sod for like the past truly for like the past i don't even know how many years he was explaining it and part of it had to do with like a lot of the, I mean, okay, I'm, I'm butchering this. I'm not a, I'm not a sod person. It's not my, it's not my thing. But I do know that he said something about like the way that a tarp on the half. I don't know, whatever. So I didn't hear much of it. Real, truly, didn't hear much of it real time, except for the fact that you know someone explained it to me once you started to hear it on the broadcast. Not to be confused with. Todd Father, Todd Frazier, the Sod Father. The Sod Father, that is fantastic. Sod Father. I love it. Big fan. Hey, uh, let's talk about Mr. MVP, Patrick Mahomes, because he already has the accolades to back up Hall of Fame candidacy in just five years of starts. I mean, has there ever been a quarterback this early in their career 
that's done what he's done when it comes to Super Bowl wins, MVPs in both regular and postseason, five AFC championship games, and three Super Bowl appearances. Like, does anybody match that? No, but at the same time, a lot of people haven't been asked to match that. Remember, Patrick only sat for you know, all but one game his rookie year. Most of the time, these guys are being asked to start on terrible teams very quickly. So, you know, Patrick is a absolute, like, I mean, look, no more Tom Brady, so I think it's, I think it's okay to say, like, he's, to me, it's, it's very hard. It would be very hard to argue that anyone is better than Patrick, who's still currently playing. <laughs> right. So, you know, like, it, no, I haven't seen anything like it. But we are, I will say, we are asking people to do different things than they did in the past. So, Andrew, it, Cynthia, it's interesting because I'm looking at what I'm talking about with with Mahomes and Hurts, and Hurts in a loss is being really validated in terms of his play. It's rare that the quarterback that didn't win the game is almost getting as much accolades as the guy that did. Do you remember a time like that where we were so quick to validate Hurts' performance or the opposing quarterback's performance? Well, I think Joe Burrow last year, we, I mean, we, we were In saying spurts. things of similar ilk, right? Like, Joe Burrow is absolutely great, but I think it's more – I actually think people were worried because ahead of the game you heard a lot of analysis saying, like, you know, we, Jalen Hurts could be end up, you know, if he doesn't play well or something, he could end up just being that guy who started against Patrick Mahomes in that one Super Bowl, right? Mm. And I think people were more surprised that kind of the transition that he made, this like huge leap in everything from deep passing to his accuracy to all these different like understanding blitz versus you know when he's seeing man and zone coverages and sort of different blitz packages that are you know exotics, not necessarily from you know the the Chiefs, but in in general this season, like. I think people are just in awe of the step forward he took this season, and I think they're just kind of responding. I mean, that it felt like I mean Jalen Hurts didn't lose that game. You know what I mean? Like that, and in fact, like that game was so back and forth, back and forth. It was it was not like Jalen Hurts went out there and put up a stinker. Cynthia, a lot of feelings have come out on the show this morning, and uh, <laughs> it's been centered around officiating for the most part, which you know kind of just happens now because. Twitter and other forms of social media can be this sort of cesspool for attacking NFL officials or sharing feelings or blaming this, that, or the other. Uh, you know, we, we saw, is it a catch? Is it not a catch? We saw, is it a hold? Is it not a hold? But I want to ask you this. What do you think the bigger call? Was it Wilson's PI last year on Cup, or was it Bradbury's hold on Juju? One was a lot easier than the other. I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. I I never. I'm not going to ever pretend that I know what a catch is or that I know <laughs> what PI is. Like I, I, I'm just this. I'm not an. I the people who do officiating stuff like that's a hard job. So, to be honest with you, you know, look, I think the bigger call. Oh man, that's a great question. I, I'm going to go with last year just because. I, it felt like that one changed the games just like a lot more. But I I don't know I. That they're six of one, half a dozen of another, really. So, because I'm kind of lo I'm looking at all the, uh, the 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 efficiency metrics, the quarterback play, the 27 of 38 for Hertz, the three rushing touchdowns, Mahomes rushes for over seven a carry, only six incompletions. When you look at the efficiency in which the quarterbacks played with Sands, Hertz fumbles. 
Doesn't it seem disingenuous to make it about a call? It, it just it feels never, it feels like it's it it feels that way. Here's the thing: the reality is, is calls go both ways. Now, obviously, you don't want anything to be decided by what feels like a. a I don't know. I I guess like I go with what the teams tell their players, which like you have to just let it go. Yeah. Like we can fight about it later. We can fight all you want. It's actually not going to change anything. So like play it as it is, right? Like the, there aren't. It's not. There's no intentional. No one's like it's. You know, it's, it, people feel like it's very personal. It's not. They're humans, too, to make the call. So, like, the reality is, is you know, look, like, there are going to be some that are right, some that are wrong. I'm, the Eagles were the beneficiary of, not that they needed it against the 49ers, but they were the beneficiary of kind of a, a missed call in the last game that Devontae Smith catch, I say that with air quotes, was not a catch. So, you know, th- these are, it goes both ways. So, over the long run, it will go both ways. It just, in the moment, it, st- it, feels, it feels not great. Yes, yeah, speaking of, and we'll continue the conversation on feelings here. Travis Kelsey had some feelings about people saying that the Chiefs weren't up to par this year and couldn't get to the Super Bowl, which, you know, it's kind of true, kind of not. I mean, if you looked at, like, the actual odds, they were, like, third favorite to win to start the year. So there were some people that were like, no, the Chiefs are still the Chiefs because they have Mahomes, Kelsey, Andy Reid, etc. Uh, but they were also a team that was kind of in reset mode after losing Tyreek Hill and putting some young guys on the defense. Uh, but aside from all of that, they win the Super Bowl this year. They'll probably be the odds on favorite to win next year too to open the season. But Cynthia, what did they establish as a, an organization under now Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes uh, in regards to the dynasty conversation? Like what do the Chiefs do that all other great dynasties do? You know, they figure out a way to have their quarterback, who's the best in the game, create, like, he has a huge contract, obviously, but the way that it's structured allows them to still pay other players, and I understand that the cap went up, so it sounds crazy to say something like that, but the reality is, is, you know, when you restock the shelves like you do with, when you trade Tyreek Hill away, and then, you know, last night, rookies made a big difference. Sky Moore got a touchdown, right? So it's not like, it's not like you're, you know, playing with, you know, when you have Patrick Mahomes and you have Travis Kelsey and you have a, a number of pieces along that O-line and you have Chris Jones, like, you have a really nice foundation and they create the right pieces of depth. They create the right numbers when it comes to, you know, defensive backs, things like that. Like, the, the strategy fits the type of personnel that they have on the team and they do that very masterfully. And Andy Reid, like, who you have to hand it to him, like, I mean, look, like, he, he draws up the right place at the right time, and he gets his guys in position to win. Cynthia, let me ask you something, because you mentioned cap space and quarterbacks, and I'm just going to go back to the original format with the playoffs, and Herbert uh, obviously is going to get the, the, the big extension and uh, rookie contract for this calendar year. Uh, Lamar Jackson was in limbo, didn't start versus the Ravens. Trevor Lawrence, rookie deal. Joe Burrow, rookie deal. Uh, you know, Allen's going to get the monster deal. Tua didn't play, rookie deal. Jones had the rookie deal. Kirk Cousins got paid. Dak Prescott got paid. Tom Brady got paid. Geno Smith sounds like will get paid. 49ers, kind of the X factor, but with a rookie quarterback combo. Plus, they move on from Garoppolo. How does Cynthia Freeland build her team outside of just the, hey, rookie contract put pieces because it's not that easy 
but you do have to manage the cap space. What does the data show you on the type of quarterback you need to move on from or keep in your organization? Well, the thing that's funny is, and, and I point this out because it's oftentimes teams that sign big quarterback deals often sign big other position deals. And it's really getting those other positions sort of wrong. Like you have to get quarterback structured right, but you have to get the other things structured right more. It's more important. Like mm. the, when you talk about Dak, think about contracts like Zeke Elliott, who didn't have the production to ma- match the contract that they're paying him for. Look at the, the Saints, that Michael Thomas contract, even though they restructured it, that hampers them all of the time. And he's not even on the field, right? So the reality is, is that we, we can blame it only on that blame, it only on the quarterback or the quarterback contract. But really, it's the fact that, like, you can't get yourself in a jam. You have to be flexible at a lot of positions. And you can't overpay for, for positions or players that aren't going to at least help you, you know, enough. Meaning, like Zeke was healthy. Like Michael Thomas, that's another story. He's been, you know, not, not playing. But like the reality is, is like you have to have this nice balance of enough of the guys that are the dudes, and then you have to have enough of the depth to round it out because injuries do happen. Okay, so, what, so Cynthia, when do you think, when would you, how many years roughly, just generally speaking, if you're the GM, would you move on from a quarterback on a rookie deal to know that this isn't going to be your guy? New York if I Jets, knew it I'm wasn't thinking, going to be my... I'm thinking of Tua. Yeah. I'm thinking of Zach Wilson. Like, some of these franchises are going to have to make some tough decisions. I, I think you move on from the guys who do, that, that do not allow you to execute to the highest level. Meaning, if... So, for example, like, you didn't bring it up, but if Lamar Jackson doesn't... If the coaches and what goes on in that building, if that doesn't feel like a fit anymore, obviously that's a different... A little bit different situation. They can franchise him, et cetera. But, like you know, then they should figure it out, right? Like, meaning move on or, or do whatever, like, fix it, whatever. But the reality is is it's very hard to find a good quarterback. They're, they don't, they aren't replaceable. The guys, it, it's not like, the reason that they can command such big salaries is because they're a very scarce resource. So the reality is, is <laughs> no, you, you have to figure it out, but you, you have to also figure it out with all the things that are, like, being mindful of what's the actual scenario you're in, right? Like, are there a dearth of wide receivers you could go out and restock the shelves with? Are there great O-linemen available in free agency or at the dra- like uh, the, the kids in the draft that you're conceivably able to, to, to put on your team? Are they going to be able to, to do the things that the team needs? I, that's where being a GM is tricky because it's a recipe. It's a little bit more salt than a little bit more sugar, than a little bit more fat, than a little bit more acid. It's not, you know, it's not, um, you know, this is one thing and poof, it's, you know, the, the, whole, the whole thing's made. Well, you know, speaking of young quarterbacks and whether like that's the option or maybe if it's hitting free agency and grabbing a veteran quarterback, I was looking at your mock draft uh, that you released yeah. a couple of days ago, and you have the Texans taking Will Anderson Jr., and the reason for that is you have them solving the problem of quarterback in free agency, which I think that's like the only draft where I've seen somebody say, hey, it we're going to take it's, a, it's, a, it so a player and then worry about the quarterback uh, in free agency. Why, do, why would you go that route? Well, if you look at the model that we've seen from, like, Robert Sala, for example, who actually, ironically, same sort of, like, same sort of path as D'Amico Ryan's, meaning D.C. At the, at the Niners and then to head coach, 
build with what you are strong with. When you have the Texans have a lot of needs to fill. So when you when you want when you have to to, to figure out a lot of positions, build with what you know. Like my ideal, like when I when I I'm sort of tongue in cheek hinting at the fact that perhaps they get a guy like Jimmy Garoppolo, who you know the the coach has had, the head coach has experience with. It's you don't necessarily need to turn the entire organization around in one season. Figure it out from the the fundamentals out. And if D'Amico Ryan's, who has a really really ethically smart defensive mind if he can get pieces like will anderson put them in the in the formula now and early and solve with a free agent quarterback of which we'll probably see a lot of movement this season then you're you're actually sitting much prettier and able to develop in a much stronger way than if you went out and reached for a quarterback that's i don't know exactly like his oc i'm somewhat familiar with i love their quarterbacks coach gerard johnson but you know, none of them have ever "quote unquote" picked a quarterback before. So it's one thing to to work with it, or having been a former quarterback, it's another thing to pick a franchise quarterback. So the reality is, is play to your strengths, be smart about it, and build with the fundamentals. And look what happened for the Jets. You know, you you mentioned Zach Wilson as being one of those quarterbacks we don't know about. <laughs> well, their defense is certainly not something we don't know about. Their defense was 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 awesome. Gosh, you sound just. It's inter- you sound just like D'Amico Ryan. I'm big D'Amico Ryan's guy, even though I'm not a Niners Huge. fan. I just like how he approaches the game. And he talked about, this was last week, making sure that the pieces are right around the quarterback to take pressure off of the quarterback when you're looking at guys in the draft. And I wonder, Cynthia, especially listening to you again this morning and, and following your mock draft, are we moving that way where more people think like you too because I still see a ton of quarterbacks and I I mean props to you and your draft because I don't think you have quarterback going before seven she doesn't um (laughs) where you don't where they don't panic for a quarterback they try to get the other pieces right I mean I feel like if you have like if you have like if Andy Reid were somehow drafting in like the first two picks which obviously he isn't then maybe it would be different because this is a person who we've seen develop quarterbacks very quickly and time and time again, right? But I don't know. They won't move that way. Like, I told – I actually – I mean, I went to college with the GM of the Bears, right? So I told them, I was like, you should tell everyone that you want to trade your quarterback and you want to, like, tell Justin, like, okay, listen, you're going to hear some weird stuff, but I'm just trying to get you the best um, – the most draft haul ever, and I'm going to tell everyone that we're going to take a quarterback so that people will <laughs> trade up, that. right? Like, I'm like, just gamesmanship it. I'm like, you know, just tell everyone that. Be like, I'm going to get you a pass rusher. I'm going to get you maybe even an old lineman. Like, come on. Like, you know, you're on board for this, right? But, but the reality is, is like, it's just not, it's just not how, you know, they, they're just, like I said, it's a scarce resource and getting it right is so important. So people are going to take as many shots as possible to do that. You know, um, as I think about the Bears, because that's my team, Cynthia, you just hit, you hit it, you hit it at home for me. Um, because of all of that mm-hmm. stuff coming out with, hey, Justin Fields is our guy, and uh, the idea is, okay, well, they're not going to take a quarterback, so like, is it really worth trading up for one when I could maybe, hey, trade up for two instead and try to give Houston more stuff, or, or three uh, with Arizona and, and so forth down the list? Like, Do you think that was a, a strong play by the Bears just to say like hey we're going to take our guy regardless or do you think it's even going to matter come draft day because if people want their guy they're going to trade up for their guy great question I think that look 
they're going to trade up for their guy. I do believe at the end of the day, it's probably better for like, you know, Justin Fields mental health. If you say like, it just in general, to seem like we were throwing our way behind someone. But uh, again, the, if someone will, will trade up. They'll be, they just maybe lost themselves as a target. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's a great question, but you know, long story short, I, I think that they'll end up being okay. It'll end up being, you know, playing out just fine anyways. Cynthia, you're super data driven. So, um, is there a position where you just don't believe should be taken above a certain spot? Like some people think, gosh, you know, you can't take a wide receiver mm-hmm. one or a quarter, or, you know, a running back has to be blank before he goes in the top blank. Do you, do you have some general rules of thumb that you think are best practice for draft slots? Yeah, know thyself. If you are not a team <laughs> that it, – it's true. If you are not a team that – could that really uses a linebacker that drops into coverage, you know, then don't draft one. You know, like, like know thyself. The value doesn't come from, I would never be so, I would never be so short sighted as to say, you know, you should never take a running back in the first round, right? Like I have the Cowboys taking a running back in the first round. I think because they won't keep, they won't be able to, I don't believe. Is that B. Be John Robinson, right? If I remember right. Exactly. Okay. B. John Robinson, I think is, a very like a very valuable asset, and if you're not going to pay a second contract to Tony Pollard, then mm-hmm. that's a very valuable asset and something that you will use. You've already paid Zeke too much. Okay, don't compound the problem by making it worse with adding more. So the reality is, is know thyself and know thy game plan. If you want to have, if you want to execute, some, you know, an offense with a bunch of you know d- designed quarterback runs. You need the offensive line that does that. So maybe a guard does make sense for you, mm. right? Like, I don't care. You have to know yourself. Getting it right, meaning that it fits and they contribute to your team right away, is incredibly important. Obviously, you need to build from your priorities. Of course, if your team are, doesn't have a quarterback, left tackle, pass rusher, corner, and wide receiver, then it doesn't make sense to be like, we're going to start with a running back, right? But, like, you know, build the way that you anticipate and expect to use it keeping a mindfulness on the scarcity of the position. Quickly here, because we only have a, about a minute 28. Um, Cynthia, you know, you mentioned Bijan Robinson. And the last couple of mock drafts that I looked at, I mean, you have him going to Dallas. I've seen him going to Philly. And, like, you know, kind of weird landing spots because of the running back room there. Wouldn't you want the proven versus unproven? Or it, is he just that special of a talent that you're willing to take the risk? I think that when it comes to top-end running backs, the, those are the ones you don't want to overpay in a second contract, you know? So if, you're, if you have a, maybe you don't have that top-end running back on the rookie deal or, you know, wh- whatever it is, that's where that rookie deal is, is probably smarter. Um, if you're, like, if someone has just absolutely overperformed and now they're going to command too much money in the marketplace, then perhaps you take a guy like B. John Robinson who forecasts to be amongst the guys who get the next big contract. Well, we really appreciate you joining the show this morning. Yeah. Thanks so much. We know you were busy. We know you had a long night last night, but uh, you knocked it out of the park. And since we're transitioning to baseball now, I can use that term. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. Always, always a pleasure. That's Thanks, Cynthia. Cynthia Freeland, C. Freeland on Twitter, analytics expert for NFL Network. We'll have her on um, again probably closer to the NFL draft, maybe even during the combine. Who knows? But uh, when we come back, I want to play Take It or Leave It, and then I want to talk a little baseball. So that's how we'll uh, wrap up and end the show. Stick around. It's Coffee and Cream here on Hale Varsity Radio.